0: and welcome back to the moral hangover podcast i'm your host king dombrowski and i'm here with my co-host victoria bruno how's your week treating you give me the tea
1: it's going i don't know if people realize but we are in each other's lives in like every aspect like you know you say friendships work pleasure like we are friends in our personal lives we do this podcast together we also work Mm -hmm. together the only mm-hmm. aspect that we're missing is we're not dating, but we're like, yeah, we're not
0: sexually involved.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, besides that, we are involved in every aspect of someone's pillars of life. Um, yeah. And I felt like today, each pillar, like things were happening, like something with the podcast got canceled. Work was like some fires were going on. Nothing really happened in our friendship life, but it just felt like a busy day for both of us.
0: It was a busy day, but I honestly love a cancellation. It's just so nice when your schedule gets freed up. It's like when a meeting comes off the calendar. It's like, oh, I can like take my time. I don't have to rush to do this. Or I don't have to prep extra to do something after work for pod. It was just so refreshing.
1: I look a love hate with cancellations. Part of me is like, I'm happy. But then part of me is like, oh shit, not happy. So I get, I get it. it frees it's up. an
0: adulthood thing. Yeah. I used to get so bad out of shape and people would cancel on me. I would be like, they're not a true friend. Like they're fake. Blah, blah, blah. Like crying, really? having, a pity, having a pity party for myself. And now if someone cancels, I'm like, no worries. We will reschedule talk to you whenever. Cause everyone's so Agreed. freaking busy. Like a cancellation in my calendar means that I get to just chill and do something for me instead of doing something for everyone else.
1: I know a cancellation on a dinner plan with a friend, any friends listening to this, don't try to cancel on me, but I do love a cancellation in a dinner plan.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: Because like you said, at the end of the day, see,
0: I don't like it when food's involved. I'm st- I still want to eat. Because then I'm, this is the difference. If it's dinner, I'm planning my meals out that week on Sunday of what I'm eating and what I have in my fridge. So if it's a dinner plan, I'm like, okay, I'm planning for that accordingly. If it's just like a friend's coming over or something like that, I'm like, okay, like there's no stake in the game. It's not like I bought tickets for something. It's not like I bought takeout for something like totally fine. If you can't see me, not a problem. I'll see you next week or I'll see you in a month whenever I see you.
1: Yeah. You have to cancel like a day in advance, not the day up. the day up no, of- 48 hours,
0: 48 hours in advance. Do not cancel on me day up. 48 hours,
1: 48 hour us
0: for dates. If you're going to ask me on a date 48 hours, we don't do this last minute shit around here.
1: We're adults here. We plan our dinner accordingly.
0: Unless something actually, I will be understanding if something last minute comes up, obviously I'm not going to be an asshole.
1: But one thing I don't like that I am an asshole about is if someone cancels on me because they're busy. I'm like, we're all busy.
0: You know what? I was thinking about that on the subway this last weekend when I was taking the subway and I was sitting by myself. This was after my two friends left me to go get off where they were getting off. And I had to take it to Ilana's. Um, We met up with Ilana Dunn. I was thinking about the subway, how people make excuses and how excuses aren't they're not valid anymore. Yeah. Like when someone's like, oh, I'm too busy or, oh, I can't do this because I doing this X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I'm so busy and I still make time for my friends and I still make time for my family and I still make time for working out and I still make time for my podcast. I'm like, when people try to tell me they're busy and I know all they do is work and like don't have other things to do in their lives. I'm like, how busy are you?
1: I know. Cause I firmly believe if they wanted to, you would. Yeah. Yes. You're busy with work all the time, but You're not telling me you look, you make time for yourself to like look at your phone, like talk to that one person. Like if you wanted to, you would.
0: I think it's more so I would rather someone instead of saying they're busy, I'd rather say, hey, I'm so tired. I need to catch up on sleep. Yes. Can we do a FaceTime chat instead of hanging out or can we do whatever like next week? I would much rather someone be completely transparent of what's going on and then be like making a suggestion of how we can have like a compromise.
1: I agree. But if you're just saying like I'm so busy at work, can't everyone's I'm, busy. We're all busy at work.
0: Some days more than others. But it's like we're all busy in different areas of it's our well lives. So I just feel like it becomes it becomes an excuse when you're like, oh I'm too busy to do this. I'm too busy to do that. You can make the time for it. And if you don't want to make the time and prioritize for it, that's fine. But just be straight up and say, Hey, I didn't plan this week out well. Can we reschedule? Or hey, I'm really tired or I'm overwhelmed. Can we do mm-hmm. something else? Like I just think honesty and transparency is the way to go unless it's like a date if it's a date and you want to cancel just be like hey a lot came up would love to catch you whatever next week whatever yeah obviously don't be 100 percent transparent because sometimes it's too much too soon yeah okay well friends today we have Keith kenny on the moral hangover podcast Keith kenny um he is i want to say a dating personality. I don't want to say an expert because everything is from his own experience and what he's experienced about dating. He has two books that I worship. One is called Singles, Your Superpower. And the other one is called, I think it's 60 Day Mindset. And what I loved about him is I got hooked on his book, Singles, Your Superpower, because it, it has you realign what you look for in someone. I think sometimes you get so lost in what they look like or the perks of dating this person or all of the external things and we don't think about who they are at their core. And that's the one thing that matters is having someone who has similar values to you. Very happy to have Case on. It's been a dream to have him on. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy our episode with Case Kenny. All right, everyone, we have a fan favorite. And by fan favorite, I mean my favorite. We have Case Kenny on the podcast today. He is the host of New Mindset, Who that? I don't even know how to say it because do you say the dis? Who this?
2: Yeah, kind of. Yeah, who dis? No, yeah. Who just, this? You just roll through it quickly. Yeah, who
0: dis? Okay, okay. <laughs> and he also was the author of Singles, Your Superpower, a book I love, recommended to one of Vic and I's friends. And he also has New Mindset Journal. So welcome, Case.
2: Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on. I'm in awe. This is so exciting. Vic and I were texting about you earlier and Vic was like, his voice is so soothing. I could listen to him all day. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. When Katie was in a super like positive movement in
1: her life, she's like, I'm doing this single as a superpower, like reading this. She was all like motivated and empowered. And I'm like, what is this? And that's how I discovered you.
0: Well, it didn't last that long. It lasted like two weeks. And then I was like, all right. (laughs) took a lot of advice. Nice. Yeah, I did. Oh,
2: I'm glad to hear that.
0: So for people who don't know you, can you tell us who you are and what you do?
2: Uh, Yeah, certainly. I would say, I mean, I'm a podcaster. I would say is what I do. Podcaster slash writer. I think that takes a lot of different forms. I think I'm starting to be known as the quote guy on Instagram, which is not what I intended by any means, but um, you know. Those things are
0: viral, viral.
2: And I see them everywhere. It is kind of crazy people love a good quote <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I dish them up, you know, so I give the people what they want. Um, I write them on coffee cups, I write them all over the streets in Chicago. Um, I do some stuff with music, Uh, I have a bunch of journals and books. I yeah, it's all mindfulness. So everything I do is mindfulness. I would say I'm a mindfulness creator guy. And you know, I I talk a lot about dating, which is really funny, because I really don't think I'm qualified. And and the podcast never set out to be a dating podcast. I never set out to write a book on dating, just kind of happened. But I'm very passionate about mindfulness, just the idea of being more compassionate and self aware in life. And I try to bring that to life in different ways. And here we are now and I I do it and a lot of people listen and, and read and it's super great and I'm privileged to do it for sure.
0: One of my favorite quotes you posted, because this is some like shit that comes out of my mouth all the time. It was something like, I can't help but I'm so hot, sexy, smart, like all this stuff, but someone's got to do it. And I remember you, po- you reposted and we were like, this is a joke for everyone who's whatever, like getting upset. about it. I thought that was hilarious because that's <laughs> the mindset we all need to be having. Like, if you think you're a loser, then you're going to do loser things. But if you think your shit's popping, then the world's your oyster.
2: Yeah, even if it wasn't a joke. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's a great mentality to have. People are like, wow, you're so full of yourself. I was like, first of all, that wasn't for me. You know, I'm not going to sit here and write a quote about how great I am. Like, I'm not yeah. full of myself that way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think yeah, everyone should have a little swag, to them. Why not?
1: They totally should. So for people who don't know, how would you describe what being like mindful and mindfulness is?
2: Yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, I used to hear the word mindfulness, and I would immediately think of, you know, Buddhism and meditation and chakras and astrology and all these things. And that's why like I never gravitated towards it. But my late 20s really started getting into it. And all all mindfulness is, is self-awareness. And in in my mind, there's much smarter people and more studied people and people who are qualified uh, psychologically to talk about these things. And I'm sure there's lots of science behind it. All it is to me is being present and honest with yourself in some way. And to me, the purest form of that is self-awareness. I think Mm -hmm. when when you are self-aware, that means you know why you're doing what you're doing, why you're not doing what you said you should be doing. And that really takes care of like 99% of your problems in life. Genuinely, I genuinely believe that you might not always get the outcome you want uh, as a result of acting on your self awareness, but self awareness is literally the key to everything. I mean, when you're self aware, you don't date below your standard. You don't stay in relationships that aren't right for you. You don't stay in jobs that aren't right for you. In times where you're not feeling confident in yourself, you do something about it because you're aware of why you don't feel confident. Like all, all these different things, all these life things, career things, relationship things, like, They take care of themselves when you practice mindfulness. And obviously it's easier said than done, but that's like been the biggest game changer for me ever is just being honest with myself because it's so easy to not be honest with yourself. So easy to coast through your 20s and be like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out or or whatever. But it's the game changer, certainly.
0: I honestly think so many people lack self-awareness, especially in their 20s. People I go on dates with, I'm like, you are so not self-aware. It pains me. pains me. (laughs)
2: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of a lack of self-awareness. There's like self-awareness when it comes to how you carry yourself and people who, you know, uh, on a date, for instance, think, think they're all suave and reality they're not. There's that kind of self-awareness. And then there's self-awareness when it comes like to like spiritual self-awareness, like who who am I? What am I doing? All these different kinds of things. So it definitely takes a lot of different forms. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Self-awareness is something that you can practice and develop and build, but it requires practice and development Mm -hmm. and building. (laughs) So that's why I like talk so much about it. I
1: think that's something that I have developed a lot during quarantine. And like Katie and I are both 24. So we graduated a little over two years ago. And then like you're stuck in the real world, then the pandemic happened, and you're like, Oh, shit, you spent so much time for yourself. And I'm like, Okay, I need to be more mindful and aware of like, what I want to do, like the energy that I want to put myself into. So it makes a lot of sense that like, When you're in your 20s, that's when it kind of like one day, I just think it clicks.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, your 20s are like the perfect time to practice mindfulness. I mean, everything is a balance, right? Like in your 20s, it's like you're in the real world, you're doing stuff, but there's a lot of pressure as well. You're under a lot of pressure to figure it out figure out your career, figure out who you are, figure out your partner and and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's great. I think it's great to have a sense of urgency about you. But I think it's also great to check yourself with self-awareness because when you have pressure and you have a sense of urgency, you start doing things without thinking them through. I call it operating from the gray in life. That is you date because you're supposed to date. You have a job because you're supposed to have a job. And yeah, obviously pragmatism Uh, is pretty essential in life, you you know, no one wants to be lonely, everyone wants to be financially secure. But I think understanding your why in every sense is like the key to everything. Why am I working Mm -hmm. this job outside of a paycheck? Why am I dating this person? Why am I dating in general? Like I talk a lot about that. It's like it's in the book. You're dating. That why, was right?
0: I. You're when you're saying this. I'm thinking of my answers of what I wrote in the book, and I remember yeah. I was in this rough patch of just dating like f boy after f boy, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I even dating? And then I literally wrote down. I was like, oh, like this is why I'm dating. Like these are the things that I need to realign myself that I want to look for. I think sometimes you get so caught up in like the Instagram world. I mean, I do with like dating and, you know, what pictures they like. And like, then you just get all in your head and stuff. And yeah, it just really realigned what I want in someone versus what I was going for.
2: Love to hear that. I mean, that's that's the ultimate application of self-awareness there, though. I think the, the biggest thing that holds us back and puts even more pressure on us is comparison. Everyone Everyone's mm-hmm. going to compare. I compare myself, of course. But happiness in life is built on balance. And the balance that's provided by self-awareness is everything. I think it's fine to compare yourself, but you got to understand why you're doing it and, you know, the to check yourself on it. That's the ultimate. I mean, dating has just become a ridiculous thing that's only been exacerbated by Social media and how we compare ourselves and who we are in our timelines, and we make ourselves feel like we're missing out and we're falling behind, and all these things that it's basically like driving drunk when you feel that way. You don't, you don't, you like it's a, it's a terrible decision. You should never yeah, do that. Yeah, know it
0: is. You go into a hole. You go into yeah. a hole, and then you feel horrible about yourself. Well, I also just think there's so much room for interpretation with social media now when I mean, people are always like, oh my God, what if he views my story? Like he's probably taking a shit and like going through his stories. Like he doesn't care that it's you. He's just like bored sitting on his phone. But you know, it's like, there's, there's just so much unknown. You're like, oh, well, he's like looking at my story, but he still follows me and likes my pictures, but like, he hasn't texted me back. And it's like, girl, get a clue. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you said it. Yeah. We, we way overthink things. It's just amazing how quick we are to like talk ourselves into something that we have no business talking ourselves into, namely caring about something or someone we have no business doing that. And I think the reason we do that is because we're just under pressure. We're under pressure. Everyone else has someone. Everyone else is doing this. Everyone else is doing that. We feel like we're falling behind or whatnot. And I, I think that's the, the ultimate gas in the tank that causes us to do things that are beneath us. We don't, we just, mm-hmm. we, everyone needs to chill. It's, it's so funny because I like, there's those commercials. It's like some insurance provider where it's like, we all become our parents at some point in life. Um, which I used to think was, was crazy. Right. Obviously, Um, you don't (laughs) want to become your parents and I haven't become my parents, but I find myself saying things that my parents used to tell me, like when I was 24 or 22, my my mom, for instance, would always say, just like, relax. Like you've got a ton of time. You're going to figure it out. And when I was in my twenties, I was like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? These are the best years of my life. I need to do this and do that. And I'm, everyone else is doing it. And what I've discovered becoming my parents here, being in my early mid thirties now is that, We really do have more time than we think, um, like significantly more. And I think we just, we need to respect that and respect ourselves and give ourselves more time and not borrow someone else's timeline for anything, dating, career, whatever it may be. Like, like the worst thing we could do is put ourselves under a time crunch because we just make the wrong decisions. We don't make decisions for us. So uh, I think that like, that's such a huge vibe and we just need to respect that. Um, am I making a decision based on what I want? Am I bas- making a decision based on my pressure or is it someone else's pressure? Just like a simple question like that might not seem like much, but I think asking yourself that in the right moment can be, um, really clarifying.
0: Perfect timing. Because I was literally telling Vic today, I was like, I need to have a child. And I'm like, who am I? Like, obviously joking, not hundred <laughs> percent serious, but I'm like, you know, do you ever feel like that? You're ever like, Oh my God. Like we need to pick up the pace here. <laughs>
2: I don't feel I'm like even that. I'm not in a relationship. I'm not
0: in a relationship. I just, the Kylie Jenner video came out and all of a sudden oh, I was yeah. like, all right, I need to have a child like tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I Obviously get, I, I'm
0: not a billionaire though. So it's like a little different.
2: It's a little different. Basically little the same though. Basically. Yeah. Uh, I get that though. I get that for sure. I mean, it's different for men and women. It's different socially. It's different biologically for like, for me, like I used to put a lot of pressure on myself, like to be successful, like, with numbers and like all these different things by the time I was 26, like that was my form of pressure. Um, and I just realized how insanely silly that is because that is borrowed from, um, something that, you know, isn't necessarily true. So yeah, I get it. But again, it's all exacerbated by, you know, the things we see online certainly.
0: So you were talking about your parents. Where did you grow up? Did you, are you, did you grow up in Chicago?
2: Uh, I was born in Chicago, but moved to Virginia when I was like two. So I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, but now I'm back here. So circle of life.
0: And did you go to college?
2: Yeah, I went to Notre Dame out here. Wait,
0: shut the hell up, Case. Look at you. (laughs) What did you study?
2: Go Irish. Uh, Well, I studied. I know it's tough to imagine because I'm very pale, quite Caucasian. But uh, I was a double major in Chinese, Mandarin, and Arabic, modern okay. standard Arabic. I was a language guy. I just majored in languages. I studied Hindi and Urdu as well. I was always just like really good at it.
0: You're into, isn't it linguistics? Is that what it's called? Yeah.
2: yeah, And the culture is like, it did everything. I, I worked in China for a little bit too, but don't do it anymore. Uh, but it was really cool. It's really fun. <laughs> Great money spent on the education. But, uh, you know, now I write quotes on cups. So that's how life happens.
0: It is. It totally is. So <laughs> I'm so surprised because I, I I feel like people really don't ever get to know about your personal life through the podcast. Like no one really ever sits down, and like interviews you. So what is like the in-between of you graduating and you starting the podcast?
2: Yeah. So quite a bit of time, actually. I mean, so I started the podcast three years ago, so I was like 29, 30. So we're, we're talking like all of my 20s not doing this. Um, I moved, I moved to Chicago. I worked in... advertising i worked at a bunch of different ad agencies here in chicago which was great taught me everything about building brands and and business and things like that and when i was like 24 i started writing online i've always been like a pretty voracious reader and writer and i was like i just want to like you know flex my creative chops and like do something so started writing online like men's lifestyle stuff um started some small businesses weren't very successful But then when I was 28, I was in a long-term relationship. Like we lived together. We had dated for, I don't know, three something years. That relationship ended. So then I was like 28, 29. And I hopped out of that relationship and I was like, who is case? Who is case outside of the relationship and who is case outside of uh, my job that I Mm -hmm. was working? Uh, And I was like, well, shit, I don't know. Like, to be honest, I don't really know. So everything we've been talking about, I was kind of just like following the stages here. Girlfriend, work jobs, job hop, more money, so on and so forth. Um, so I, hopped out. I was like, I don't know who, who am I? What's, what's, what am I all about? So I was like, um, you know, I write online, but I'd rather do something a little bit more challenging. So I was like, I'll start a podcast. Why not? Um, kind of challenge myself to like talk about these topics, talk through them. And I did. And it, honestly, it kind of, the podcast just kind of blew up right when it started. I say I got kind of lucky. Um, I had been writing online for a bit, so I had a small audience, but Um, it just kind of popped off and then, yeah, that's it. Like three years later, you know, still, still doing it 300 and some episodes later, but I mean, it's just gotten exponentially larger. And then, you know, about a year and a half ago, I was like, all right, this is pretty serious. Like people really seem to appreciate what I have to say. How can I make a business around this, um, enter the journals, um, and then kind of everything else that I do. So it's been a relatively short amount of time to be honest, like doing this, but I would say everything you know, I needed all the experience prior to, to be qualified even remotely to do this. Like, I think it would be kind of disingenuous for me to sit down and like position myself as someone who gives advice if I didn't have life to reflect on. And I think by the time I was 30, I was like, I've got some, some good perspective and ready to rock. So that's the abridged version, quick 10 years.
0: Wow. We really unpacked a lot very quickly. So Vic and I were saying before you came on, like, we both went to Catholic all-girls school. So when a boy comes I'm like, oh my God, like, how do we act? Because we also work with predominantly women. So it's always <laughs> like, oh my God, how do we act around a boy?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, my whole audience is women. I think a lot about that, like how it ended up this way. Because it, it definitely didn't intend that to happen. Like, when I started writing online, I started a men's lifestyle publication back in, like, 20. 14 or something like that. So like, it's just funny now, like everything I talk about, like I know who my audience is. So I, I try to sit down and like, think through a female lens a lot of the time, uh, which I don't know if it's always accurate, but um, I feel like a lot of my content is geared towards women. So, you know, can have a, a open and honest. Conversation. Well, our listeners
1: <laughs> are going to love you because you basically give all the advice that like Katie and I are currently trying to figure out.
0: And they're always like, Katie, you need to, ha- you need to have a boy on, like, you're only giving girl advice. Like you need a boy. And it's so when I told my mom, I was telling everyone about you, I guess today I told my mom and I was like, Oh, I'm having a guy who specializes in like mindfulness. And he talks about dating on the podcast. And she's like, that's going to be so interesting. And I'm like, why do you think I need it? And she was like, no, I just think getting a male perspective will be interesting for you to hear it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, maybe that's why it resonates. I have no idea. Like I mean, I think intrinsically sharing like sensitive, vulnerable quotes, thoughts, stories, whatever, just is something that like men are less likely to rally around. It is what it is. Like men are less likely to share quotes and things like that. And that's cool. But uh yeah, I don't know. I, I mean I think I think we get tremendous value from. Um, hearing perspective from the quote opposite sex like I think that's like super useful because I mean I think of how much time in dating that we spend overthinking other mm-hmm. like uh, other sexes intentions and and ide- words and everything like that so I think yeah I mean I think I had a little bit of advantage going into this being a guy talking about these things but like I, I like go on tv for instance and introduce me as case Kenny like relationship expert which I think <laughs> is the funniest thing in the world I did I did a, a thing with Fox and Ice-T, Ooh. um, the, the, the guy, that, yeah. the rapper. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's so much. He's, more, all, he's also know.
0: on SVU. We can't get it twisted. He oh, plays of course. On of SBU. course.
2: That's well, that's, that's how everyone knows him. So anyway, I did a, I did a thing with him and he introduced me as case Getty, a relationship expert. And he, he was like reading the script. He's like, Oh, is that right? And I was like, yep. <laughs> like I didn't want to correct him. It was just so funny. But, uh, You know, I I think maybe people gravitate towards what I have to say just because I I really try not to be an expert. Who knows? I think a lot about that. You know what
1: I find so interesting? So I think a lot of girls like to probably hear like from a guy's perspective. And I was listening to your episode about not having to prove yourself to others. Is that the reason? Yes. And you made a point how when you were in your mid 20s, like your way of trying to prove yourself was like buying bottle service. And I was like, I would never consider buying uh, bottle service, but it's like different stressors to like try to prove yourself as a quote unquote man of like how you want
0: to show off or not show off, but like, I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, I'm dying to know where in Chicago did you buy a bottle service?
2: Oh, well, there's only <laughs> two places that you really want to go. One where? is closed. And I, I mean, I still anyway, uh, one is called the Underground. Uh, okay. It's a club and the other one is closed, but it was called uh, Paris Club. Or Studio Paris. I've
0: never been to either. My um, ex-boyfriend used to date. He would always go to prison. Prism, Prism. Prism yeah. That's where we would go. Yeah.
2: Ooh, awkward. Uh, that's that's yeah. There, there's there's whatever. it's Each their own, you know. There's different yeah. different levels to this, you know. I would prefer the underground Studio Paris of the world. Um, but I mean, that's bone okay. boneheaded decisions. I mean, I, I wasted so much money and energy doing that. It was fun. Like I was still love. I still love going out. Uh, but. Don't we all? It's all about intention. It's like, why are you doing what you're doing? For me now, if I go to the club, it's because I want to dance and mean mug people and just have fun. And that's it. <laughs> Old me would want to go because I want to stunt and flex and just, you know, I had a different intention going into it. So again, we talk about awareness. I see, see no problem with, either, with the latter that I would do currently. But yeah, it comes all down to like, why are you doing what you're doing? Your intention, self-awareness.
0: Definitely. I want to dive into some dating questions to get your take. Cool. All right, let's start. So there's a huge trend of making ick lists. Um, I don't know if you've seen that or not on TikTok, but I have a few friends of mine who will make a list of everything that discussed them about someone after going on a date with them. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that?
2: Man, I feel like I'm an internet guy, and I've never heard of this. I spend all day on the internet, and yeah, clip. it's
0: it's it's on TikTok. It's Tanks made this theory about ick list huh. like things that just trigger people when they date someone they're just like look
2: and what's the point of it
0: so i guess it's just something that you realize like you're turned off by this person it's like one or two things they do or they said that just like completely turn you off from ever wanting to speak to them again Got or cons- <laughs> or i guess considering them. you don't consider them as much anymore in the running yeah. Yeah. yeah and the reason that she wants to write it is so that if Let's say
1: you break up or you're hung up on that person and you're like, oh, you're upset about it. Like refer to the ick list and be like, oh, they did that. Like, did you really want them? Or is that like your ego that's really hurt right now or something like that?
2: Got it. Cool.
1: I like to check yourself.
2: Okay. (laughs) Well, I can dig it. I think if you do it in a healthy way where you're not just like criticizing, uh, then I think it's great because my whole thing on dating is you've got to go on dates to understand what you don't want. It's the reality of life. You got to experience what you don't want to figure out what you do want. And then it's important not to forget it. So I think writing it down is great. I don't think writing down a like nitpicking someone like is, is healthy, but if you, if they're like, I didn't like that, they weren't career driven, like big things like that. Or I didn't like that, you know, uh, something, something, like value driven, like, hey, I think that's great. Write it down. So you don't forget it. I mean, that's why I created journals, write, write things down is, is makes those thoughts real. So you don't forget it. And if you were feeling lonely in the future and thinking about going back to that person or something that would definitely serve as a reminder. So, uh, it list sounds funny, but, uh, sounds, sounds good to me. Sounds mindful. Why not?
0: What would be some things on your IC list if you had to make a personal IC list?
2: Uh, yeah, well, um, I mean, I think lack of drive is a big one, like lack of goals, lack of aspirations. Um, I think the, the way someone treats like weight staff and like people in service industries is a big one. Like that's a, you know, treating people who you don't have to treat uh, in a kind way. and uh, that's like a automatic no, no for me, any, anyone who, you know, has, you know, really, really high standards, but doesn't back them up with the, the opposite, which is what you bring to the table. Like I encounter kind of a lot of people, I think it's always great to have grit, like great high standards, but it's gotta be backed up by who you are and the amazing person you are, even if that is just, you're extremely kind and compassionate, but like not just like blind bravado and ego in yourself prove why you're great. Things like that. Yeah. Probably be on my list. <laughs> I'd call it, okay. I'd call it something different, but
0: what would you call it?
2: Uh, I don't know. Do you need a
0: minute? You can, you can, you can, that's a over good it.
2: idea. I like that. I mean, that's definitely like something that I would like encourage people to journal about, or like I'd include in like a upcoming journal or something like that. Yeah. Cause like, I, I do like, I think those kinds of exercises are helpful. I, I did one. I, th- I think I did it in singles or superpower. You, know, you did like, the
0: values, like what your yeah. values are.
2: Yeah. Well, like we're, we're, we're very quick to like put together a list of like what we want in a partner. I want a partner who is funny and driven and supportive and kind and all these things. And that's great. But I think it's important to flip it and be like, well, here's all the things that I bring to the table in the same way that I oh, want. A yes, to that night.
0: was Actually, my favorite part of the workbook is like take I actually remember doing that. I think I wrote that in the email too, because I remember writing that and being like, wow, like what actually do I bring to the table? Yeah. And like writing 10 things down. So in the workbook, it's you write down like what you want in someone and then you also write mm-hmm. write down what you want someone to see in you and you have to write 10 things. And it's actually kind of hard to think outside the box of 10 things that you feel like you bring to the table.
2: Yeah, but I think it gets easier. And I think that's the thing. I think sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit. We're so focused on what they bring to the table that we forget that we bring a lot to the table as well. So like I just mm-hmm. I like exercises like that where you kind of flip things. And then this exercise of writing what you didn't like in someone is, is also helpful. Same with writing what you do like in someone. So I think that there's a flip side to everything that's always helpful come up with a better name, but otherwise I think it's great.
0: <laughs> In that chapter, I liked how it's, it said something along the lines of, are they worthy of me and my time? Yep. And that goes to your point. Like I, where I'm always thinking like, Oh my gosh, am i good enough for them. And I'm like, no, are they good enough for me? Are they going to, are they going to add value to my life?
2: I mean, that should be question number one. Yeah. Or question number two. I think the ultimate question that I always joke about is, or the, the ultimate the statement that I always joke about is that you should only date people that you like. Um, which sounds like an obvious statement, but I think exactly what you just said, like when we're so focused on, Oh my gosh, they like me. Oh my gosh. They're enthusiastic about hanging out with me. We're so blinded by that interest going our way that we sometimes forget to process step one, which is, do I actually like them or am I just, in, or am I just interested in interest? Do I just like the attention? Yeah. Very, Very human things. Like you're not a bad person for being like, Oh, stupid. But uh, I mean, that's like, the, it's the ultimate one one two step there. It's do I actually like this person? And then follow that up with well, what do I bring to the table and, and things like that. So I, again, simple questions, but that's, you know, we need to answer those before we we do things in life. But when we're not practicing mindfulness, we don't.
1: And sometimes I think it really helps writing it down because I kind of did it from the reverse now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so I have a boyfriend and this week I've been like, a little moody, whatever. And I think I've just been doing a lot of complaining. And then, you know, I was up really late at night and like overthinking everything. And I was like, I think I need to make some lists to check myself. Cause maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being a little too dramatic. So I was like, okay, let's write down (laughs) the things that I like about him. And let's think about like, what do I do? Like, am I so concerned about you know what he's doing that i'm like am i being a good girlfriend because katie and i were talking about this because she was like oh am i a good friend and i'm like wait i was just thinking am i even like a good girlfriend and it's like no you are <laughs> but like, we're clearly moment, having a right lot of issues desk. over here no
0: it was like the delusion we're too self-aware where we're like oh my god i said something or like maybe i didn't invite someone like i don't want them to be upset mm-hmm yeah it's a personal problem.
2: That's so great though. I love that so much because I think a lot of people everything's a balance, right? You should always have faith in yourself mm-hmm. and confidence in yourself, but you should always check yourself. Maybe I not you, but maybe maybe someone isn't that's being okay. a good maybe you aren't being a good girlfriend. Maybe you're not. You yeah. can easily fix that. I'm sure you are, but like that's awesome that you would take the time to do that because a lot of people, like I I tried to word it a minute ago and did a horrible job. But some people are so full, like they're very full of themselves and they Yeah, every person I
0: go on dates with, yeah. They
2: believe that they bring a lot to the table where it's like, not really, or at least not enough for me. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's just not enough for me. But people lack the self, the self-awareness. So doing an exercise like that is super powerful and kudos to you for doing that. Cause a lot of people would just dig their heels in further and start to cast blame or frustration elsewhere, but to sit down and potentially check yourself um, or at least be like, "Here, you know what, pat on back. I'm doing great. Either way, you know, you're going to end up much, much more self-aware than you were previously. So that's great.
1: Thank you. I'm glad I'm getting this confirmation. You are a good girlfriend.
0: We know you're a good girlfriend. Like, we're not even worried about it. Thank you. Thank what you. What about making the first move? What do you think on girls making the first move? What are your thoughts? And do you personally it should... like it as a man?
2: I don't I don't I don't think it should even be a question. I mean, I think it's a good question, but I, I okay, think okay. I think yeah, it's <laughs> a stupid fucking question. Um I don't think it should be a question anymore. Like I I think I don't know any man who wouldn't like a, a woman making the first move. In some I sense. will
0: say though, I have, hey. I have been really putting out the first move, not like putting out, Oh my God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> I've been making the first move and it's like swinging a miss left and right.
2: Like what kind of, what kind of moves are you putting out there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be like, all right, let's go out. I'll be like, we're going on a date. I'll just literally just put it huh. out there
2: and, and I'll go and, on a date with them and hit or miss with that.
0: Yeah. It's hit or miss.
2: Huh? Interesting. Well, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm curious about that. Cause I mean. Maybe that they just weren't interested in the first place, regardless of whether you made the first move or not. I've, no, I've never been in a scenario and my boys and the guys that I know, have, I've never, they've never told me any scenarios they've been in where they were turned off by a woman making the first move that they wouldn't even consider her. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I think it's attractive when someone makes the first move in, in a way that's calm, not like aggressive, <laughs> right. Um, not like, you know, to do it in your face, uh, delivery is important.
0: <laughs> okay. So uh, what, what's like an example of how a girl should make the first move? Like what to you is attractive? Uh, Give me an I, example. You- We're saying calm, like we bitches don't know what calm is out here. So what, what, do, what do we mean? <laughs>
2: I mean, like even something as simple as like a DM slide is totally cool, but it's the same way. It's like if a guy were to DM you and be like, you're 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 so hot, like I want to take you out. And it's kind of like, oh, dude, like real original, like, come on, like whatever. Same if a girl messages me or a guy and it's like, you're so hot, let's go. It's like, eh. But like a calm, a, a direct way to do that is... Hey, you know, uh, you know, something, something about them. I really enjoy this about you. I think we'd get along. I'd love to go out sometime, like very, very chill. Like that's, there's there's no downside to something like that. So I think that, I think that's great. I think on dating apps as well, dating apps are so silly because the tendency is for people to become pen pals. And then another hat never happens or whatever for the woman to step up and be like, all right. So are we going to go out? Like, I think that's totally fine as well. Like those are first moves, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, I think as long as there's like some kind of rapport established, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I think, I think it's great. I mean, I've, I've gone on countless dates over the years from uh, women making the first move.
0: Nice. Good to know. Yeah, i mean, yeah. just slide in your DMS. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like, well, then we'll see what how your delivery is. That'll be the ultimate. Okay. Task.
0: Well, I would never go into someone's DMS and be like, you're so hot. Cause that sounds like I'm just like, DTF. That's not the vibe I'm trying to give out here.
2: Yeah, some people do, men and women. Like they think that that's yeah. the ultimate compliment, and then that's that's the the slide. I
0: would be like, you're disgusting. Um, actually, I wouldn't say that. I would just think that I'm <laughs> like, ill <"Ew>,
2: pal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just too. It's too thirsty. I mean, everything's a balance, right? It's like you got to give a compliment because that's how you establish some kind of attraction, but it's got to be an informed compliment that's a layer deeper than you know, nice face. So figure it out.
0: (laughs) Okay. What about dating rosters? How many people at a time do you think someone should be dating?
2: So personally, I I think it's fine. I think that's the culture we're in. And I think it's fine. It's never healthy to invest yourself fully in one person until it's very clear that they're invested fully in you as well. Of course, it's commitment. Uh, It's honesty. Um, Personally, for me, I've never been like a roster guy just wasn't good at it. And it just like, didn't sit well with me. I just felt a little disingenuous. I don't know. It kind of makes me seem a little weak and sensitive in that sense, but I just didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it. Like having a date, uh, with two different women during the same way. It just like felt- The
0: conversation's blend. The conversation's blend.
2: Seriously. Like, first <laughs> of all, I'm not, maybe I, my memory is fading, but I, I would just be so nervous that I was going to ask the same question or forget that, you know, she does have a brother or whatever and just like totally make myself look silly. But it was just like emotionally draining. Like my move was, you know, if I want to go on date multiple women at the same time, it's like, okay, well, you date one until it's clear that it's no more. And then you're done. You don't drag it along. You don't add that person to your roster. Like you just move on and you're, you'd be done with it. In that, in that sense, you can have a roster, but it's just, it's a very fluid roster where people are moving in and out of it very quickly. I just have never been good at that, but I, but I do think it's a good mentality to have where you don't invest yourself fully in someone because they are likely not investing in you.
0: Okay. What do you think about people who are inconsistent with dates? Like they'll ask you on a date one week, and then you won't hear from them for like two weeks and they'll ask on a date again.
2: Yeah. Well, two things. One, I like, I always try to lead with like a lot of empathy and, and especially like I'm pretty hardwired to be like a glass half full kind of person. So when I see inconsistency to start, I'm like, oh, okay. Busy week, traveling for work, uh, have previous commitment, whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's a vibe. You're
0: not an anxious okay. wreck. Okay.
2: I, I don't go anxious know. first. I don't go overthinking <laughs> first. I know a lot of people do certainly. Um, but I will say like, once there is a pattern or once there is some kind of clear indication, call it two times, I think you need to, you have everything you need to know. I mean, I think about myself, I think about previous women that I would date. Like if I'm like into you, it's like, I'm probably going to be overly enthusiastic to the point of probably embarrassing myself where of course I would want to set up date two. I, w- I would set up date two right during date one. Like that mm-hmm. would be my vibe. I think that's, I think it's human nature for people to do that, but full circle for our conversation. I think we're so on our heads and we're so on our heads culturally and socially about not wanting to seem too thirsty, not wanting to do this, not wanting to do that, that we really start to overthink things massively. So I think, again, I think it's a balance. I think it's a balance of understanding that sometimes people legitimately are bad texters or bad bad at planning dates. It's understanding that it's also understanding that some people don't want to come off as too thirsty. I did an episode on this as well. It's like, you're you're sitting there thinking that that guy is is playing you because who knows that the guy's not right for you. maybe he didn't he didn't kiss you after your second date. Maybe he isn't complimenting you a lot after your second date, things like that. And you're mm-hmm. sitting there thinking that you know, he doesn't like me. Um, he's not into me. But on the reality, you gotta understand, maybe this guy was in relationships previously where he was shamed for doing those things. Maybe he tried to kiss someone on a second date and was rejected b- brutally. Like you have no idea, like what causes someone to do these things. And that's, that's empathy. And I think it's, it's compassionate to practice it for yourself because it delivers you from overthinking. I think it's compassionate to practice it for other people because other people deserve it, but it needs to be balanced by a no bullshit meter where you don't blind yourself with too much hope in people. Once you see a warning sign a couple of times, then you've got to move on. And I think inconsistency is one that you shouldn't put up with for too long.
1: Good to know. So I'm curious if you go on a date with a girl, like let's say you on like two dates and you're no longer into her. Have you ever ghosted a girl or now in your point in your life, what do you do? Do you tell them you don't want to see them? We need to hear it from a guy's perspective.
2: I mean, I have, yeah, certainly in my twenties, it's just easier. Of course, it's easier. You just let it. Yeah. Either you just let it die, which is fine. That's not really ghosting. If you let it die and she lets it die, then obviously it's dead, and there's no real ghosting. It was mutual. Like, Mm -hmm. no one talks to each other.
0: Um,
2: But of course, I've been in scenarios where I've gone on two dates, and then you know she's texting me, and I just stopped responding. Immature way to handle it, of course. Current me, I would never do that anymore. Not because I'm this noble great guy i definitely try to be the guy that i am on the podcast certainly and i think it's it's an embarrassing thing to do if you go someone you should be embarrassed because it it means you you meant you didn't have the 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 courage the balls whatever to just say what you needed to say and i don't think that's a great character trait but for me more it's like now it's like the reason that i really am into like practicing the things that i preach is because genuinely if it feels good to practice them Hmm. there's obviously a subset of people who can ghost and feel nothing. There's a, there's a people who can cheat on you and feel nothing like real messed up psychopaths, people. real. You can go there. Psychopaths. Absolutely. <laughs> there are those people. <laughs> I would like to think they're far and few between, but that's my glass half full mentality. Everyone else. I would say the majority of people, the, the, the meat of the curve, the parabola there are, they, they, they feel it when they go someone, they know it's wrong. They're, they're embarrassed in themselves. They're ashamed of themselves. And personally, hmm. I don't want to feel that way. I want to feel proud of myself so i would much rather choose an awkward moment an awkward conversation and get it done with than live with that kind of guilt lingering knowing that i could have done better that's just where i am in life it's ghosting is so great because it's so easy and i i understand why why people do it but um i figure what the question is but ghosting is bad
0: (laughs) so i mean i've i've ghosted before obviously because i mean why wouldn't i um but It definitely is cringe in the moment telling someone you're not into them, but it's even more cringe when you have to run into them when you're out and you're like, oh my fucking God, because then you don't want to avoid them. You don't know if you say hi. It's 10 times more awkward than just sending a text saying, I just don't see us connecting or I'm not looking for something. Well, this brings me to the point of intention. So do you think someone should say their intention's like upfront on a date? Like if Absolutely. they're looking for a relationship, if they're not looking for a relationship, if they're just a horny mofo, like what, what do you think protocol is?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I say this.
0: But do you do that? Have you done that?
2: And I'm 99.9% sure I follow through with my advice. Absolutely. So <laughs> I would say 99%, whatever. <laughs> I, I went a long time. Like I was always in relationships in my twenties. So like I'm basing all this experience in the last like four years of, of being single. But um for me, it's like I get a lot of DMs from people, from women asking advice. And most of the time, the, the the question, the overthinking comes down to they're in an early stage relationship with someone like early, early, and they don't know what their partner's intentions are. They don't know what their head is, where their head's at, all these different things. And my response is usually the same. It's like, oh, that's so interesting. Well, have you tried asking them? And usually with women, it seems with women, they're like, oh, I can't ask that. I It seems crazy. Well, Cause then it's
0: like that. Yeah. Cause then it's the conversation of what are we? And right. then you feel like you're forcing them into something that maybe they don't want. And they're just going to tell you something to make you happy.
2: Totally get it. But for me, it's like, I don't, I can't recall a first date that I've been on in the last five years where on the first date, I, a man didn't ask a question of like, what are your intentions? Like, I think it's all about the delivery. Like, yeah. Like. I I'm trying to remember like how I would use the word it, but it would be like, Oh, so what's up? Like, what are you looking for? Like, what are you doing? Like, I think it's very easy to like get at least a little bit of an understanding of what someone's intentions are. Granted, they could lie. uh, And that sucks, but I I don't don't see any problem on a first date being like, so what's up, what are you doing? Where are you here? What are you looking for? I think you could ask that so casually and at least give yourself a little bit of peace from day one. Uh, So I I see no (laughs) problem with that. Um, I think it's all about delivery, though. I mean, if you were to sit down and you're looking for a serious relationship for you to like open up the date being like, here's what I'm looking for. It's a little aggressive. I think it's all yeah. about being, you know, social and, and, and doing things that are, uh, you know, normal. But I, I don't think it's an inappropriate question at all to ask that. I just do it casually. I, 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 again, I'm making broad sweeping statements here. But like, I find it's mostly with women who ask me that question. And I would turn to my own life where I am the guy asking that because I, I don't, I don't like ambiguity. Like it feels uncomfortable if I'm in a date and I don't yeah. know what they're looking for. That's like, it just, it just seems silly. Like, what are you just going to wait to hopefully figure it out? Why wouldn't you ask? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe that's how I'm wired.
0: Okay. I have two more dating questions I want to ask you before I move to mindfulness, because I find it so interesting getting your take. All right. What? to you is like an ideal first date what to you is like okay this date's going well i'm asking her on a second date
2: uh yeah it's tough i don't know i mean i think ultimately kind of a throwaway answer here though is is how you feel (laughs) like like that's everything i mean genuinely it's like you obviously you're gonna look for boxes to check like for me and you know, it's things that i mentioned earlier drive values you know, kindness, sense of humor, things like that. So I'm going to look for those first. And I think everyone has their own version of that. But I think the ultimate larger box to check that takes time to check is like how that person makes you feel. Do they make you feel, you know, comforted? Do they make you feel like supported, like big adjectives like that? And I think if you want to, and I think if you have an inkling after that first date that they make you feel a certain good way, and they bring out a certain side of you in a good way, then I think, yeah, it's worth Pursuing a second date.
0: Okay, it's my last question that pertains to dating age gaps. What is the youngest or oldest you think someone should like stay between their age slash How young have you dated?
2: Uh, I dated. I mean, I think I was twenty-four. No,
0: I'm just
2: twenty-nine to like twenty-four. I think was probably what it was, something like that.
0: So now, now you do that, or that was? I wouldn't do that. I
2: wouldn't do that currently. Yeah, I mean, I there's no hard and fast rules. Like I, I wish I had like sh- really strong opinions on these things. Cause I, I know people, I know a woman who she is what she's like 27 and her boyfriends in his late forties and they're, and they're perfect for each other. They're literally perfect for each other, like handcrafted for each other. And it's amazing. So okay. I can, I can poke holes in all this, but I I have found a lot more trouble in dating significantly down as a man. So I mean, I think you you just gotta you gotta be really woke to like what you want and what you need, and you know uh, you should adjust your your dating app age range accordingly. <laughs> because I mean I mean I've gone on dates with you know 23 year olds, and I was like we're just in just like no disrespect, but like to you, but like we're just entirely different headspaces and and life stages, and like there's yeah. just too much catching up to do. That it's just it's just we're just not compatible in that sense.
0: Okay. Vic, take it away with the mindfulness questions. I'm done. I'm done over here. <laughs> Katie's done with
1: her dating questions. Okay. Now switching to mindset. So we talked about like what it means to be mindful, like all that stuff. So now what you said earlier, how it's easier said than done, like what are your tips for thinking back in your twenties now to just starting to have more of like a positive mindset? Like where do you start and how do you get one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> How do you get one? Uh, yeah, I just pick it up at the store, Postmate. It. I think, um, well, I mean, I think everything is practice certainly. So, I mean, I I can go round and round and talk about your morning routine. I could talk about gratitude journaling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, And I think that's helpful, but I think ultimately like everything that we've been discussing is like thinly veiled pressure. That's all it is. Like the reason that sometimes we gravitate towards overthinking and negativity and pessimism and beating ourselves up is because we have pressure on ourselves. It's pressure we've put on ourselves, but it's likely pressure we've, we've borrowed from somewhere else. So like I think the, the biggest thing that's always been really redeeming for me is, is a a soundbite that I always repeat, but it, I, I love it so much because it just gives me peace and mm-hmm. it and it takes the pressure off and it's, it's super easy. It's just that there's no right way to live your life, but there's a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. Oh. And when you think about the, the poor decisions we've made or the pressure we've put on ourselves, it's because we assume that everyone but us knows the right way. We assume that everyone's in who's in a relationship and happy knows the right way. We assume that everyone who's single and happy knows the right way and and then extrapolate that to every area of your life, career, confidence, body positivity, whatever. And as a result, that's how we we put ourselves in a corner very quickly and very easily because we assume that they have the right way. I don't have the right way. I need to emulate their way to find the right right way. And I've just like, and I used to think that too. I used to think that, oh, to be successful, I needed XYZ, I needed this salary, I needed these accolades, I needed all these things the conversation earlier, I thought to be a happy single guy, I needed to project certain things. I needed to do certain things, bottle service, but I've just realized <laughs> that that's just not, it's just not true clearly. Cause that's such a stupid thing to think. So yeah. the, the, the most redeeming thing that I think leads to natural positivity is taking that pressure off you and realizing there's no right way. But the, there is a wrong way. There literally is a wrong way. The wrong way is to think that everyone has the right way. And I just found that so peaceful because it literally gives you the openness to go out and figure it out for yourself. And when you don't have that like weight on your shoulder that you're the one falling behind, you're the one who doesn't know what they're doing. It 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 just changes the dynamic so much. So that's my very long-winded answer. But I like really passionate about that.
1: No, idea. I think you're so right. And I'm also thinking like sometimes people in their twenties are also if they still live at home because a lot of people do live at home after college, like they're pressure from their parents of like they have to be a certain way. So that's like another barrier to have to get through.
0: Oh, I wanted to off myself when I lived at home with my parents. I literally moved out a month ago, wanted to off myself. I'm like drinking every night now just to overcompensate.
2: You gotta numb the pain somehow. I mean, I mean that's a that's that's a whole thing too. I mean, you talk about your parents, who have, I mean, more or less, every they all have great intentions and just want to protect you, but they, they don't know raising like it's so crazy. I think about this all the time, like the differences between generations. I was talking to my mom mm-hmm. the other day and was talking about uh, my grandma, her mom, and then somehow we ended up talking about her grandma's mom. And I was like, you realize your 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 mom's mom was born in the eighteen hundreds. That's
1: so weird. <laughs>
2: it's, it's it's absolute insanity, and mm-hmm. like to think that you know, even your parents know what's best for you while obviously that's their mission in life is to help you discover that. It's just, it's just not true. So like, I I think we need to like, it's so tough. It's so, so tough to like separate yourself from what your parents want and the pressure and, and all that kind of stuff. But I I truly think that only you're going to be able to discover that for yourself and things have changed so much in the past hundred years, much less 20 years. So um, and I think that that's the most exciting thing in the world for me. If, if I told you even 10 years ago that I can make a living from writing cups on co- coffee cups on the internet and make a living from that, I would have laughed yeah. like things as far as like entrepreneurship and, and business have changed so much. So is dating, so as what happiness looks like, everything has become so relative. And I think it's, it's a good thing. A lot of people be like, oh, you know, we're all spoiled and social media has ruined everything. I think it's the best thing in the world. Because I think there's so much, there's so much inspiration if you look at it the right way. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of opportunity. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for people. Like if you think about all these TikTokers who are finally living their dreams, like they've been able to grow that through social media when before, like our parents, like they would have to go the old school route and do whatever to get there, which I don't know. I just, there's, it's, there's different advantages. Definitely. Absolutely. Wait, so now I'm curious, what's your status? Are you single? Are you dating?
2: Uh, I'm can dating. I ask you that?
0: Yeah. Slash, can yeah. you answer no. that? Okay. No.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm dating someone currently. Do you um, like her? <laughs> yes. we would you, hope so. you like? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, I've I've for the past three years, I've been single dating, single dating, single dating, just like normal kind of stuff.
0: So, question: Did you meet on a dating app, or did you meet in person, or did you meet on Instagram?
2: uh dating app uh hinge or Raya? hinge wanna? I mean, raya if you're
0: wanna. on raya you need to recommend me like asap
2: oof the old the old uh, guest pass or the old record oh no <laughs> it's, it's raya oh yeah yeah they joined join the wait list <laughs> i don't know if raya is where you want to be though um
0: i did hear it's a lot of peacocking
2: I, it's it's terrible <laughs> yeah oh. i used to love it of course but uh, yeah, it's, I, don't, I mean, it's all influencers. <laughs> so,
0: okay. So, what, where did you take her on your first date? This, this new girl you like that you're talking to? Oh,
2: um, worst answer, Soho House.
0: Wait, that's bougie. Yeah.
2: Well, it's, it's a bad answer because it's, that was kind of like my old MO in my 20s. It was like Soho House and then club, yada, yada, like that kind of vibe. But I, I like Soho House. What's a lot.
0: next to Soho House? Isn't there something else on that street that's like bricks and it has like plants inside and we're making this up? Is that making sense? No, I'm thinking of Hampton Social. I think oh. that's what I'm thinking of. Everyone always goes to like Hampton Social, and they always post about it.
2: Yeah, that's like right over there. Yeah, it's close. Good spot. Okay.
0: Did you kiss on the first date?
2: Uh, yep, yep. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> this Gotta is tea. Got to do it.
0: Are you are you like a proponent for kissing on the first date?
2: No, actually, no. I actually I talk a lot about that a lot. I think you want to add another area where we put too much pressure on ourselves is first date exit protocol, hug, kiss, high five, Pound whatever. I Pound. I think, uh, <laughs> dab, just dab it up. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think we overthink it too much. I think we, I think a lot of times a, a woman will overthink it too much. If the guy doesn't try, I think the guy overthinks it a lot. If he needs to, to like show that he cares. I don't know. I've I'm trying to think back in my 20s of, like, where, like, I ended up dating someone seriously if we always kissed on the first day, I would say probably not. I, I don't think it's essential. I think if you're vibing, you'll just, it'll just do it. But I think if you're at the point where you're you're all nervous about it and you don't know what to do, then just go for go for a confident hug. Why not?
0: <laughs> I actually was on a date, and this person was, like, walking to my car, and I was like, you're going to try and kiss me. And I was just thinking that to myself. And I was like, don't try to kiss me. It just came out. I spewed it. Whoa. And then, yeah, I think... <laughs> I just felt the pressure it's like when they're walking into your car I'm like okay well you're clearly walking me because you want some sugar and I'm just <laughs> diabetics so please get away um wow. <laughs> yeah and I guess that's well. appreciated
2: so I guess it I think it would be worse if he tried to kiss you and you rejected him then than to yeah. be oh preemptively don't kiss me so I could appreciate that
0: yeah yeah yeah. it was, so you direct. Were kind. It was very direct you
2: were kind you I like was- let him down easy
0: Yes, I was kind. It was a little aggressive, but it's fine. But Katie, well, also the that. way that you say
1: things, I think, are funny. So I think, like, ultimately. Yeah, but people who don't know my humor, they're like, what
0: the fuck is yes. this bitch on? Like, So they don't when get you that find a guy
1: that is going to, that you're going to like and date, he's going to, like, laugh at that and, like, make, like, a sarcastic remark yeah. back. Like, you know,
0: Definitely. not scare them away. Um, okay. So we always like to end our podcast with power moves. So like, what is your secret sauce power move to how you got to where you are? You've grown this huge brand. You're a mindfulness coach. You're actively dating. People are very inspired by you. What's your secret sauce?
2: Secret sauce. Uh, well, I would say it's probably a couple different things. I would think the first one is probably uh, like, I think the first thing that I had to overcome was honestly what like my friends thought, because like, I literally, I'm, I'm a grown man doing arts and crafts in Chicago, writing down <laughs> quotes on cups and talking about love. I mean, I used to clown on dudes like that. Legit. I used to be like, yo, that dude is cheesy. That is, that is silly stuff. So I think the first thing was getting over that, which is just bullshit. Getting over what close friends will think. Cause that, that's a big one. As much as we're yeah. like, we think that the internet judges us. I think the biggest aversion for us to do things that we're passionate about are what our close friends will think even if they, you know, love us and support Mm -hmm. us. So I think that's a power move, literally not caring. Um, and then extrapolating that even further. Like, I mean, all I do every day is talk about my feelings. And I think I used to like, I think that was super silly. That was one. I think two is the obvious, but like asking for what you want. I mean, I mean, everything that I've created, everything that I've built has come from at least like partnerships that I've developed and things like that Of like, come from me just blind emailing, blind calling, blind asking for people. I, I think a lot of times we like to tiptoe around like, oh, I'd love to you know, take you out for coffee and, and help you know, understand how I can help you. I think that's great. Or you can email them and be like, hey, here's what I have to offer. I'd love to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like literally asking for what you want. Um, that's been helpful. And then also like as a person who relies on people to enjoy what I have to say, which is crazy, Um, asking them to help you as well. Like on a podcast, for instance, like listen to the podcast, I am, I won't shut up about asking people to give a rating review. I won't shut up Mm -hmm. about sharing it with friends. Um, And I think that has been essential. Like you got to ask for what you want. Like people aren't going to, people will share stuff and support you, but if you ask them and they like you, they're going to do it. So that's, that's been huge. It's all one and the same, right? Asking for what you want, not being afraid to know, not being afraid of, being overly sensitive or judged or whatever, maybe, but some, I would say a a nice, a smoothie of all those different things. That's the,
0: are also true. Great. We're going to start adding that to our episodes. We're going to start telling people to share with your friends. It sounds like I'm a 40 year old mom, but it's like, share with your friends. Okay. So case, where can everyone follow you and listen to your podcast and buy your book if they haven't done any of this already?
2: Uh, It's very kind of you to support me. Thank you. Uh, Case.kenny on Instagram. The podcast is new mindset. Who dis the journal is New And since this is coming out in October, you said,
0: Yes.
2: Um, we got we got something else brewing. If you go to unbothered.com, we'll have something special. The there. third journal. Not a journal. Mm.
0: Oh, what yeah. is when you tease it?
2: It's a secret.
0: Okay, fine. I'll still buy it either way. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I take you. all my money. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> take cool. it all. It's- It's a secret, but uh, it's been working on for a while. So that'll be out uh, by the second or third week of October. So,
0: Okay, awesome. All right. I love Case even more than I thought I could. You can follow us at The Moral Hangover Podcast on Instagram, as well as on TikTok. We have new episodes every Monday. and You can stream us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will see you next week. Bye, everyone.